Here we go. Podcasting time. It's catching up with Craig and Ian Fernandez. We are going to be talking about entrepreneurship. We're going to be talking about dreams. We're going to be talking about relaxation. We're going to be talking about reaching beyond your comfort zone all here on the podcast. And this is kind of fun because, Craig, we we had a great chat, I don't know, a couple months ago now. Yeah, I think about uh, two months ago, I think, James. Yeah. Two months ago, we were talking about securemyscholarship.com. Write that down, securemyscholarship.com, because we're going to talk a little bit more about that. And it's just a great site. In fact, I think you guys did a, a site a, a revamp or something because there was a whole bunch of new stuff when I was scrolling through it the last couple days. It looked a lot different. Yeah, the website is actually being constantly updated. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Secure My Scholarship is an edtech platform that connects you with scholarships at universities in Dubai, in the US, and the UK. And we're always chopping and changing. You know, you find a lot of edtech companies out there that are ed- more education than tech. We're sort of the reverse. Like, we're more tech than education. So our design team, our engineering team, our dev teams are working round the clock always iterating, experimenting, changing stuff on the website. Fantastic. So let's back up just for a second. Craig Fernandez, CEO of SecureMyScholarship.com. Ian Fernandez, COO of SecureMyScholarship.com. At the end of our last podcast, and I'll put the link to our previous podcast in the description so you can go and click on it. The, The general consensus was we have to get you both in because this is a great story. Father, son, father invests in lock and stock first, securemyscholarship.com later. And that whole story, after we turned off the recording, we were having this discussion about, well, how did this all work? How did this come about? Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I thought, this is a whole other podcast. And lo and behold, here we are. So Craig, why don't, why don't I, we start off with just a little bit of a description about what lock and stock was, what Secure My Scholarship is, securemyscholarship.com, is think of it as an elevator pitch reminder of these things. So lightning speed. And what, where I really want this to lead, so this is a wonderful public speaking activity, where I really want it to lead is, how'd your dad get involved? When did that <laughs> click in? And then... We'll just keep going back and, and that, forth. That story will take up the entire hour, I think, <laughs> in and of itself. <laughs> but, it, and you know, the thing is, it's not just how did your dad get involved in lock and stock, because then there's the whole story. Go back to the previous podcast about that, because that in itself is when do you say, okay, this doesn't work, and close the door. But not only did that happen and work and evolve into securemyscholarship.com, but your dad was there for both of them and is still involved, and you're both doing things yeah 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 uh i think a lot to unpack there um, yeah so lock and stock elevator pitch lock and stock and secure my scholarship so lock and stock was basically a mobile application that rewarded students for staying off their phones when they were in class you locked your you went to class and you locked your phone and you did your homework you did your work or you took notes you paid attention or whatever you're supposed to do in class And then when you were done, you could use your rewards to get offers and discounts from our partners. Um, We pivoted that into securemyscholarship.com. We built Lock and Stock into the largest student lifestyle platform in the country. And then we pivoted that into securemyscholarship.com, which is an ed tech platform that connects students with scholarships at universities in Dubai, 
in the US, in the UK, and hopefully many more destinations to come. Uh, we're the largest education platform here in Dubai. We've dispersed over almost $8 million in scholarships, um, and we're rocking and we're rolling. Uh, how did Dad get involved originally? Uh, you want to take this question, Dad? Yeah, sure. So how did I get involved? I mean, I was always working okay, and into my job. But at that time, what happened was when I was working, I was playing to win. Okay. okay. And there playing was a, to win. I was Explain playing that. to win. So that's where I was moving my job career and stuff. But then there comes a shift in our lives, right? Now I began to play not to lose. <laughs> ah, <laughs> okay. okay. So now when you play not to lose, what happens? Like playing not to lose looks like, you know, uh, you don't want to take risk any longer. Uh, you avoid falling. You kind of avoid having any failures. And you want to be safe. Now, being safe is good. I'm not saying it's bad. Being safe is good, but you stop growing. And that's what happened to me. I stopped growing. And then I've seen everybody around me growing in their careers and stuff, and I was still stuck there. You were just doing the same old, yeah, same old, same old. But, was, but you, were, you were happy. I mean, happy, we'll, we'll come back to that. But you were secure. I was secure, but I was, but I was not growing. You see, now you won't grow because if there's no challenges in life and you don't happen, you're just going to be stagnated there. And that's when I got this thing coming like, you know, let's become an entrepreneur. Let's get. So again, I'm just going to go up to something else. It's what we call that journey of life or the hero's journey. It's you all start everything into an ordinary world. And then you get a calling. And then again, you refuse the call. And when you refuse the call, then again, something happens. There's a divine force that comes, knocks on you. And says, no, you've got to get there. And then when you get there, that's when you wonder, what am I supposed to do? But that's the point where you meet your mentor. And the mentor was great for me because he says, you know what, that this is the issue that's happening right now in universities. Because he was in university when I was getting through my stage in life on that. And he said, uh, you know what, this uh, issue that People are spending a lot of time on social media today and no one's listening to the professor. So I think we can do something to fix that thing. I said, what's that? He says, you know, we can create an app which will have people keep their phones away and we'll reward them and we'll do that. I said, well, brilliant idea. I was just looking for something like that and here you come. And that's when meeting the mentor comes in automatically. Sometimes when we talk about mentors, I mean, I think this is really interesting because Craig being your mentor... Yep. We often think of mentorships as the old wise exactly. mentoring the young, nimble, let's say foolish, excited. Uh, this is the typical thinking. Yours is completely backwards. <laughs> yeah, I think I think I spoke to Dad first about Lock and Stock in February of 2017, and I was in university. It was my final semester at university. And in fact, I like the idea for Lock and Stock also came around when I was in class and my dad messaged me. We were on Skype. Yeah, no, no, what, WhatsApp, WhatsApp, WhatsApp. I was, we were in class. I was, it was an econ class. My dad WhatsApped me and I responded back. So you're, so you're doing exactly what you were talking about. Yeah, yeah. We were solving our own problem, if anything. And he was like, why are you on your phone? And I was like, yeah, it's boring, you know. And, and he was like, no, you shouldn't be on your phone. And, and that's actually where the idea first incepted from, yeah, absolutely. actually. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, and then that's when 
we took that and I kept this journey going and that's when I crossed the first hurdle which is getting our trade license and that was an amazing which were you, were you still in your job when you got no so when i so at what point did you say okay craig's got a great idea with lock and yeah. stock i've got a safe job with a safe salary everything is safe i'm here in dubai this is by all measures this is i got a good thing going and now i'm going to turn everything upside down absolutely and i'm going to follow my heart and i'm going to follow what's going on in my mind at what point did you realize i have to do this so one thing what i realized that if we are going to do something might as well go full on if you're going in go 100% and otherwise don't go in at all because you can otherwise just stay and watch and not do anything and the only way to do was to say okay you know what let's call it a day like hang the boots yeah. and let's put another pair of shoes on another hat on and let's see where the stakes us on because it required a 100% dedication it required a 100% commitment you see because when you're on the job you have a lot of intentions oh, i want it then but the intentions will not take you somewhere commitment is something and commitment was something that craig and i got to us to the table and said okay you know what let's commit on this but let's make ourselves a promise that we will take it across the line and that's the moment that thing when we had that conversation on skype we said let's take make a promise that we take it across the line I said now this is the right moment to pull the plug and let's go and shift or shake the comfort zone because it was not going to be easy it was tough but let's shake the shop let's shift the gears shake the comfort zone and let's take it forward what what did your employer say when you said i'm hanging up my boots yeah they, i mean they were shocked anyway <laughs> <laughs> man because like are you going crazy i mean these things don't work and you know like what are you getting into kind of stuff like and i says you know if i don't do it i'll never know whether it works or doesn't work so let's get in there and see because i know that if anything happens i can still go back somewhere you know because i've been in the market for long i can always head back go back and do something back again so that was the gut feeling that i mean we both put in and said you know let's go for it was it a no brainer when your dad and you were talking on whatsapp and then eventually skype was it a no brainer i've got to do this to, or to end up with lock and stock uh no and and with your dad as a partner i mean at this point your dad your, was your key funding at this yeah 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 um no i mean it wasn't a no brainer per se but i mean i think i just had an idea and i went to him and i said listen like you know i got this idea what do you think about this it's it's kind of cool we could do this there this, this is an actual problem no one's doing anything like this Um and he was just like yeah it sounds awesome let's do it. So actually I think the initial push came from him. I mean I just had the idea and he was like let's do this. Okay fine like how do we like get this started? How do we get rolling? And I was like okay fine like we can actually do something because I have I have a lot of ideas. Uh <laughs> I have a lot of ideas. So I didn't actually expect it to go anywhere. Um but he was like no like let's 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 do something with this. Um but you know actually coming back to what you were talking about earlier about you know the employer and this and that and and just 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 going all in I remember a conversation that we actually had very early in the journey of lock and stock and it was extremely difficult when we were starting out um I think this was like 2017 mid 2017 we launched in September on September 24th 2017 and we expected to launch with 100 partner brands we ended up launching with just 
So it was incredibly difficult. And I remember we were talking around that time, and my dad actually said, he said, um, you know, it's, it's okay if we fail, but let's make sure we give this our 100%. Um, and then we rolled up our sleeves and we went out there and every single day we plowed and we plowed and we plowed and we built, literally. And it was just the two of us at that time. Um, and he said, it, it's, it's okay if we fail. It's, it's fine if we fail, but let's give it our 100%. Let's, let's, let's do whatever we can. And if it still doesn't work, it just wasn't meant to be. But let's give it our 100%. And lo and behold, you know, here we are. And it was like that father-son, both of us, no business sense, no business ideas. <laughs> okay, because we don't come from a business family that was running that we could fall back, say, hey, guys, how do we do this? Nothing. So we were both out there with no business ideas. So you're flying by the seat of your pants is the... We're, we're making it up as we go, literally. No marketing knowledge. No, uh, no, no connections, other, no network, no connection, no service, no socials, and no fundings. So it was like we were putting everything in that we had <laughs> and said, "Let's take it, let's go with this and see, you know, what what we can make." And he would sit at home, make the calls to the partners. I was on the streets. He would give me a list of names that I had to visit, and then I would hit the road from morning to evening. Bang! Sometimes his his list was. Okay, he had to do it based on what client wanted. So sometimes I'm at Jumeirah, and then suddenly he brings me back to Bar Dubai, and from Bar Dubai he sent me back again to Jumeirah. <laughs> yeah, so it was like yeah, uh, it it had to kind of happen that way as well because um, so when we launched, I was 21 years old, so I would go for the if I went for these meetings and I, I went for a few, and they would just be like, okay, you know, you're 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 the intern, like you know, where where's the decision maker? And I was like, no, like, you know, I, I, I'm the decision maker. So he had to go for the meetings. And then I was like telesales, setting this up, whatever, calling all these companies, setting up, booking these meetings. Um, and that's, that's, that's kind of how we took it. So fast forward, lock and stock, you had to come to a very hard decision. Because as we talked about in our, our previous podcast, go back and listen to it, the, 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 the crunch time was... We have to start making some money at this. And, and you did all the work and you had the class, but it wasn't really generating the income. And I, I still think the idea is fabulous. As you both thought it was fabulous, maybe not the right time, maybe different things going on, but you, you had to have that discussion about, okay, we, we got we to gotta stop this. How, how, how did that play out? Um. Yeah, I think I think the main issue with Lock and Stock, I think, was 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 less so like revenue per se, but was more scalability. It just couldn't scale, right? Because uh, the way the model worked, you locked your phone and got access to offers and discounts. That was your main USP. And we had a lot of students and offers and discounts in Dubai, but if you went outside Dubai, there just weren't that many. And so, if we wanted to grow, we'd have to go go to a new city, get more offers and discounts, and go to a new city, new city, new city, and that takes forever. So I think that was a difficult conversation for us to have. Um, I think we poured our blood, sweat, and tears into building Lock and Sock into what it was. And I think Dad will back me up on this. Like Even to this day, we'll still meet people who will go like, oh my God, like Lock and Sock, I love that app. You know, what happened to that? It was, it was just, it was so different, I think. No one had ever seen an application like that before in their lives. And then lo and behold, this thing comes around and... It was incredibly, I think, just 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 innovative. I think. Do you think it it would work better today? 
it will work anyway better today as well even tomorrow because today when when even people walk into my cafe and sometimes they're wondering what am i doing here but when i tell them like okay this is also what i do and they're all years when i tell them what was lock and stock about wow seriously and it's like the everyone is because everyone knows social media is killing you but at the same time it's a drug now you can't move out from that you're addicted to that but people are looking for a solution at the end of the day so i think eventually yes it might we might head back what, what what i would recommend though like to anyone out there who like maybe thinking about like restarting lock and stock or or just a similar type of application what i would recommend is you know launch it in a larger a consumer market go to india go to egypt go go somewhere else where there's more people so you can actually scale because here in dubai we hit critical mass very quickly and growth then slowed and now we're saying okay how do we grow this thing like but go go to a country go to india you know if you if you if you if you get a thousand we had a thousand brands on the platform in dubai or even pan uae still super small go to india and get a thousand brands that are pan india my god you will have millions of people on the platform that's how you build a consumer application so i think that's that's again like i think just coming back to what dad was talking about you know we didn't really have any business acumen or anything like that like we were just flying by the seat of our pants making it up as we go and just figuring it out but if we were to revisit lock and stock today um or just go back in time 7 years ago that's something that i think we would have told ourselves okay like this idea is great but let's go to a larger consumer market and launch this because in dubai you know we had 80000 students and then how much bigger are you going to go you already have in dubai we had one third of all students in dubai on the platform how much bigger are we going to go like where are we going to go from here um so that's one piece of advice that i would give anybody if they're thinking about bringing lock and stock back or something like that So the the big discussion you got to stop lock and stock. And there was there was that interim period where the the other great idea secure my scholarship came into play. Walk us through how you both dealt with transitioning stepping from one entrepreneurial idea, stopping it and realizing, hold on in the process of looking at what was going on with lock and stock, the, the secure my scholarship came to you and it was we got another one we got to run with. Yeah, I think uh, more was uh, right from the inception of Lock and Stock. We were going to with the winning mindset. Okay, so we knew we had to take a decision to pull the plug on this particular one because the winning mindset was always there. So we were going to overcome the obstacles that were coming our way, and then migrate or move on to this next platform that we were planning. And I think the decision that was taken which was actually in the cafe. Yeah, yeah, probably actually. <laughs> we bought the rest of the guys and we said, "Okay, you know, we are a cafe and I just made everybody a cup of coffee, so first half coffee, you know." <laughs> and then we said, "Okay, guys, this is what we are going to do." So I I want to back up because we we've had we've mentioned the cafe twice now and people are absolutely saying, "Hold on a second. Where's the cafe come in?" So sidestep, we'll just we'll just pause lock and stock and secure my scholarship.com. When did you decide Ian that and this is when you hung up your boots from your previous career you're moving into a very entrepreneurial sector and you are also very much interested in wellness and I think I think entrepreneurship and wellness go hand in hand you you also clearly had a dream that 
a wellness space, an art space, a food space, a drink space. You opened up a cafe. When did how when did all of that happen? Where is the timeline with Lock and Stock, end of your previous career, start of your entrepreneurship career, and the cafe? Where did they all fit in? So while we were while uh, when we started the Lock and Stock, I still had some time. And one day I was kind of walking down the park. I saw a couple of people doing yoga. And I said, yeah, and instead of walking around like this all by yourself, there's some amazing girls doing yoga there. Why don't you go and join them? You know, you'll have some good company as well. So that's how I joined them. And once I joined them, I kind of liked the thing that they were doing. And so I got, I adopted that practice. I loved it. And then a couple of months later down, I went and did my teacher's training back in India. And I said, okay, let's go and become a teacher in yoga. And then I did that because I knew the wellness and what we were doing we could merge both of them together and that was the whole thing because we had lock and stock keep yourself away from the phone but we were also working on another aspect which was lock and stock meditations lock and stock yoga lock and stock wellness so there was lots coming in which we were going to add on to that so i said might as well i will lead that area as well and we'll bring the wellness into it and so that's how i got into the yoga when i got into the yoga there was another person who was doing yoga with me He says, you know what, there's this place in this Dubai International Arts Center. They have this lovely thing. Why don't you come and do the yoga there and I'll do the food aspect. And so we both joined in together and said, okay, let's do a complete holistic approach where someone comes in, gets a vegan meal. Then you come in, you do the physical activity and we'll have a complete and a meditation and we'll do an entire holistic. And so that's how the cafe came into place. And... Yeah, then ever since it's just been that way now. <laughs> so I, I think for us like we use the cafe as our board meeting spot. So <laughs> So all our meetings, uh team meetings every time that's happening, it's happening over there at the cafe. You know, we just lock the door and we sit down inside there and then everybody's got a cup of coffee every and coffee, uh, we discuss. Bring the whiteboard and we just kind of scribble on them. So a lot of decisions have been taken in the cafe itself now, you know. So it's a, it's right it's, it's a right space. So the the lock and stock to the secure my scholarship transition was was that a difficult one? I think so. I think um, I, I mean I mean uh, let's 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 uh, there's two ways to answer this question, right? So it was I think lock and stock secure my scholarship winding down lock and stock prioritizing SMS was the logical choice i think it was the rational choice um and at the end of the day i mean that's what you have to do you have to make hard choices that's that's um what our jobs are um it was the rational choice it was the logical choice and i think i, I mentioned this on on the last podcast but i'll say it again it is incredibly difficult to build a 100 million or 200 million dollar startup it is next to impossible to build two so from a logical perspective from a shareholder perspective it was the right choice but it was also incredibly difficult i mean it was a very emotional decision that we had to make because we put our blood sweat and tears into building lock and stock we bootstrapped that thing into what it had become which was almost i think honestly between 2018 and 2020 it was it was almost akin to like a cultural phenomenon in high schools and colleges because you went to like a Harriet Watt or a Wollongong or an AUS or even some of the bigger schools and every single student was on the platform it was amazing it captured the imagination so well um and we had built this 
basically from our apartment in Gisess, um, bootstrapped it into what it had become. So it was it was emotional, I think. Just, okay, saying goodbye, winding all of that stuff down. It was like our baby, literally, that we had built. Um, and that was that was tough. So one day, one one girl came down to the cafe, a student, and she was sitting and having uh, she was having a coffee. So I just gave her a coffee, and I always get into conversation with people. You know, that's the way I am. And I asked her, "What? So what? So what are you doing?" She says, "I'm doing my. I, I just finished. I just graduated." I said, "Which university?" So she gave me her university name and stuff. So I just casually asked her, "Do you did you use Lock and Stock? Or you know Lock and Stock?" She says, "Yeah, I use Lock and Stock a lot." I said, yeah, you're just looking at one of the co-founders. She goes, go away, no way. I said, what do you mean, no way? She's saying, no, you can't be. You're the guy making coffee. You can't be <laughs> a lock and stock co-founder. She's saying, one of the most amazing apps I've ever seen. And I'm really, really sad that they shut it down. But she didn't believe it till she left. Till I actually showed her my photograph on lock and I said, that's me. And after that, she was like, all like, oh my God. God, why did you guys shut this down? It was so beautiful because me and my friends, we would just hang out, switch our phones and then go down to Costa's but get one coffee free because of you guys, we actually saved such a lot of money. Yeah, so that was amazing. And till today, I meet people, you know, they keep asking me the same thing. Yeah, yeah. So I have I have a bunch of like lock and stock shirts at home. So every once in a while, I'll wear a lock and stock shirt and I'll go out and I'll be on the metro. And I remember a couple of weeks back, like three, four people were on the metro and they're like looking at me. And, and I was I was just like, okay, like, and then one of them walks up and they say, you know, hey, like lock and stock, like, you know, you have a lock and stock shirt. And I say, yeah, you know, I used to work there. Um, and they said, you know, we we love that application. Like, why did you guys like wind that down? Why did you why why did why did y'all shut down Lock and Stock? Um, and I was just like, wow. And the thing is, you meet, as Dad said, like you meet people like this in so many places. I was doing an interview on Dubai One a couple of months ago, and I was there. And of course, I think the 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 interview person, uh, the studio presenter or whatever, was was in the studio. But but below her, she had like an understudy or like an intern or something. Who when she, when when I was a little free, she walks up to me and she says, "Hey man, like you know, I know you're here for secure my scholarship, but you know, I just want to say like I loved Lock and Stock, and I saw like you used to do Lock and Stock, and I was like, wow, like <laughs> that's crazy. So I'm not gonna lie, like I I, I truly think the application was beloved." During its time, which also was one of the reasons why we wound it down, because we said, you know, there's so much of goodwill towards Lock and Stock. And if we can't dedicate the time and the effort to actually keep this thing amazing, then let's just take it off the App Store. Because I don't want anyone going like, oh, man, this app, super buggy. Oh, this app used to be good. Now it's crap. No, that's 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 rubbish. So if we can't actually maintain it. Let's take it down, honestly. Yeah. And I think we had one very strict protocol with our developers that we wanted zero downtime on that. And I remember what fights we used to have with the guys because suddenly they're gone for some wedding and they're not there. Yeah, yeah. And like, because this was an app where students had actually embraced it amazingly well. And if it was downtime, then you would like to send message, guys, I'm in class, but it's not working. Now what am I supposed to do? Yeah, then we had to give them points and just you know. So what was what was the the challenge as you the challenges that you faced, especially working as a dynamic duo, 
as you moved into securemyscholarship.com because you, you've now had, you, you started lock and stock. You didn't have the experience. You, you know, all of the things you need as an ed tech entrepreneur, you, you, you didn't have. But by the time you're done with lock and stock, you have all that experience. Yeah, yeah, but forget forget not having like like all of the entrepreneurial stuff. When we moved into Secure My Scholarship, neither of us or any of the other senior members of the team had ever worked in education before. <laughs> so again, we're back to square one. We're figuring it out as we go. This is this is this is your way. <laughs> this is the just, Fernandez just way. Just jumping randomly into industries. <laughs> yeah. no. like, do we have experience? No. Oh, that's a, it's a no-brainer. That's where we're going then. <laughs> well, I mean, it's not rocket science. You can figure it out. It's okay. <laughs> but but I think yeah, like. Um, I'm not going to lie, when we did secure my scholarship, when the pivot actually happened, it was a lot, I think, easier than with Lock and Stock because, you know, now we had been around for a while. The team was already in place. You know, when we launched Lock and Stock, it was just the two of us. And then we hired, you know, um, over the, over, over, we launched in September 2017. And over the following weeks and months, we hired and we built that team. With Secure My Scholarship, the team was already in place. We had already secured some funding, some initial funding, external, first external investors had already come in. Um, so all of that stuff was already there. And we had also learned a whole bunch of lessons. So when we launched Lock and Stock, I remember way back in 2017, we actually outsourced development to like a third party company or an agency that handled our tech development. When we were doing Secure My Scholarship, we learned, you know, that that's if you want to build a startup that scales, don't do that. In-house your tech, have your tech within your team, because that's when like you that's when you actually control the entire process. It's not just a project with an agency. So things like that, you know, we learned a whole bunch of things. Making I think just Secure My Scholarship and the launch of that so much easier than with Lock and Stock. Mm. Mm. If looking back at it, is there anything you would do differently with what you have now in your minds and the experience you've had with Secure My Scholarship? I I wouldn't I wouldn't do anything differently. I think, you know, honestly, like um no matter whether like I, I think I think we've built something incredible so far, but I honestly think that we have achieved less than one percent of what we can fully achieve, I think, over the next three years, four years, five years. But I also think that, you know, you know, okay, the path to building a, a hundred million dollar company or or dare I say a billion dollar company, you know, can happen in one year, can happen in three years, it can happen in five years. But that's I think your individual journey as a startup, as an individual, as a team, that's your journey. And that's the journey that you have to go on. You know, there is no cookie cutter formula. Do this, do that, do this. I, I honestly, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change a thing. I think the, the, the ride over the last seven years and and three, four, five, six, seven years to come has made all of this incredibly worth it. And I, I personally wouldn't change a thing. Honestly, absolutely. I mean, it's it's uh, one day at a time <laughs> because each day unfolds something new for us. We've learned something new. And we say, oh, that's something new. Let's adopt that. Let's start. So I think we just go along the way. We just kind of, um, again, I'm going to go back and say, we just keep that winning mindset that, you know, this is our 
this is what we're going to do this is what we're going to because as long as we have that winning mindset we tap into that uh, we tap into that power we tap into that energy which comes alive when we go after that big like what creates us that big bold dream of getting it to the 1 billion so we tap into that power we tap into that energy it's like winning like for us now is like gives us so much of energy that every morning we just want to jump out of the bed and get the day started and get it done and yeah. get it done you know because that's what we are right now it's like because that winning thing is coming in and it's giving you that energy to just kind of jump out of bed now if you ask me the same thing did i do when i was working no i wasn't <laughs> i wasn't so you can see the thing that's coming in because of that mindset that you know what we're going to take this to the next level and that's what sms is all about here now because we've reached somewhere but because of the winning mindset we want to tap into everything that we've got and we want to take that to sms 1.0 to 2.0 and that's where we keep moving forward and making sure that we are on that path to move forward on that yeah and just just to add something over there as well i think you know one of our one of our core principles i think is is this thing called regret minimization where you know it's 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 if you want to do something do it right don't wake up 10 years from now or 15 years from now after all of this is over and say oh man what if we had done that or oh you know maybe we should have done this no like you know so for us it's 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 just do it um if it works it works if it doesn't work it doesn't work but just do it like just do it like regret minimization and i think through all of that organized chaos you know you end up where you end up and you build something incredible so hence why i think Yeah, I wouldn't change a thing. Yeah. So when he said regret, I I mean, I remember one of the one of the times one of the investors sent me a WhatsApp saying, you know, sorry buddy, your entrepreneurial journey has come to an end because we actually ran out of money. You you we got ran a out of money. So when he said that, I said yeah. sorry buddy, your entrepreneur because he knew now we ran out of money. You know, sorry, I mean, you know, you had this dream and your entrepreneurial journey has come to an end. I said, yeah, good thing, bad thing, who knows? You know. No, it just shrugged it off. Good thing, bad thing. Who knows? Because that's a nice Sufi thing I read somewhere on this good thing, bad thing. That knows who knows because suffering doesn't happen at the time of the event. Suffering happens to us, or rather, we go through these issues or the regrets, whatever. After you label it as bad, and we never label things as bad. Good thing, bad thing. Who knows? Let's keep moving. Let's keep forward. We find a next investor. We move forward. and there were so many times when we were in the dumps but some of the other we pulled ourselves back again he's gone back to his mom taking a loan from his mom saying can you just give us some money to just kind of and, and we'll pay you back we'll like okay we have some cash flow issues we'll, we'll pay you back pay no you problem back, you know yeah, yeah. so but so many times we've been on the brink and just managed to survive i think that's one thing that we've really learned over these last 7 years is just being able to handle pressure because with what we do it's such i think when you run a startup you know when you work at a startup run a startup whatever there are such extreme highs and extreme lows that you experience almost on a daily basis and just being able to i think manage all of that just from a stress perspective a mental perspective um all of that stuff just 
soaking it all and saying, okay, fine, just take a deep breath, whatever. Because now, you know, we're just like, okay, we've been through this before. We can figure it out. But so many times in the past, we've been on the brink or this or that or something calamitous has happened. And we've just had to figure it out. Um, so, yeah, yeah. Often when you talk to entrepreneurs or you talk to people who have created businesses, one of the things they will say is family and business can be a real challenge. You guys have proven that wrong. I mean, it's a challenge, but you've, you've proven it that you can work with family. I, I mean, imagine there must be some brown boundaries because you've got family and you've got business and they're coming together. I think that always becomes a challenge. How do you put that in place? How have you put that in place? How do you manage the two? Or I think initially we did have quite a rift on this stuff, like, you know, because uh, I had my own programs and beliefs. Oh, you know what? Business got to be run in this way. This has to be done in this way. Because you've worked in all that, you've seen things. So I was I was more on trying to impose that onto him. That this, But he's come, he had his own beliefs that this is how things need to be. So we passed through that phase. We did have our arguments on that. But then I think that went off pretty quick where we realized, you know what, let's just go with the flow and see where it takes us. And now when we kind of meet face to face or when we are in the cafe, it's not like father or son or nothing because I don't look at him that way now any longer. And when he's referring to me, it's not like that. It's Ian. Ian, what's your opinion on this? In all our meetings, it's never that what's your opinion, you know? And it's like me. Okay, Craig, what are we going to do next? It's not, son, what are we going to do next? So I think we've gone that out. We've cleared those areas up. And now it's like, it's just life. It's just moving. Yeah, I, I, to add on to that, I think um, another very important thing, I think, is just um, clearly defined roles, I think. Um, because what often, what often happens is everybody tries to do everything. Um, and that's where a conflict, I think, starts. Um, so clearly defined roles, okay, fine, like, what are you overseeing? What am I overseeing? Um, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And that, I think, helps sort things out. Um, but as, as, as Dad also mentioned, um, keeping things formal, I think, you know, just in a professional setting, there is no father-son. Like, it's everybody around the table is equal, and we're all here on, like, a level playing field to share our opinions. So that's also, I think, very, very important. There is no dad or father or son or whatever. When you're in a business meeting... Everybody is equal at that table. So you, you're there to win. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. It was just that, that mindset which we both took in and we said, you know what, we're here to win. Let's leave all this out and let's just head. Maybe, maybe that's part of the challenge for family members going, going into business. If they can do that, they can succeed. If you can't find the level playing field, if you can't put all that baggage aside, and look, families have baggage. If you can't put the baggage aside, it's not going to work. Know that going in. Yeah, I th I think it also it also helps because like 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 my dad and I we're we're very, I think just very 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 clear personalities. I don't think like either of us are very passive aggressive, like to internalize things or anything like that. 
But in, in, in the example you just mentioned, you know, if you have a family dynamic that is not very open, they can't speak to each other, they, they internalize everything, they keep everything inside, then that's bound to blow up one day and then you're going to have rifts and you're going to have arguments and whatever. So I think our personalities also complement this style where we can just be extremely open with each other, whatever, it's, it's okay, it's fine. Um, and I think that that helps, I think. Because... If you don't, then so many times, you know, you'll have a disagreement at work, then it'll spill over into the house, and then it's just complicated, and everything becomes incredibly toxic, and, and that's horrible. So when we are at home, like once I come back home, and we are at home, we don't talk about business any longer. We are watching a Netflix movie, or watching Friends, or we're walking Seinfeld, or something, but we're not talking about anything about business. So that's left away. And now it's just about just watching something over there and talking about it and having... Yeah, or talking about the game or something, whatever. <laughs> when you were talking about lock and stock, you were talking about all the, the variations that you had dreamed about. And obviously this fits in with the cafe very nicely with health and well-being. Is, is that something that is still very prominent in mind? Obviously with the cafe it is, but bringing it back into in a sense, with Secure My Scholarship? It is, it is, because now what we plan, because a lot of students, right now, mental health, if you look, is on the rise, okay? And a lot of that rise is coming again now from the recent surveys that I've seen is a lot with kids to do on the mental aspect. And that's when we are looking at the SMS wellness part of it as well, how are we going to incorporate that? Because today, is people need some sort of source just to release some of that energy that they've got holding onto that. And I think when once we bring in the breath work, once we bring in the meditations, once we bring in some yoga aspects that is going to come into it, it's just going to complement the whole thing for us. It's going to make it more now. We got you into the, we've got you into the university. Well done. That's an amazing thing. Now, we want you also to have good grades as well as you go through because you have a career that's ahead of you. But if your mind is not clear, you're just going to face roadblocks and obstacles. So let us help you clear those roadblocks and obstacles for you. Do you think students want to listen to that? Uh, <laughs> that's, that's a tricky question. I think. Okay. I mean, I guess in, in without giving away your, your, your trade secrets and how you're planning to do this, I mean, that to me becomes the big issue. I mean, I, I deal with students. You're obviously dealing with students. And they, they can be very focused on one thing and that's getting done school then it's very focused on getting into my university or my college and all of the peripheral things which we like to think are peripheral which aren't peripheral and I think the health and well-being as you said doing the yoga doing the stretching doing the breathing doing the you know, getting yourself into that mindset we think of that as kind of extra you go to the, but that really is the primary stuff getting students to realize that maybe it's getting easier because we now talk about it but it's i i, I just wonder how do we do it? It, it it depends on how you package it and how you put it across to them um and i think you just gotta start from there i think i think one of the key learnings is also you know if you it's it's not like selling like it's not like selling soft drinks yeah. if you have a hundred students maybe only five might be interested in it but okay, like, can we make a, like a, like a, like a, can we make an impact on those five kids' lives? And then you scale that up. You know, now you got 50, then you got 500, then you got 5,000, and then on and on you go. 
but I think it's it's really how you package it and put it across. I think absolutely, absolutely, because this is something that I mean, people are going to get into it eventually. They're going to get into it because it's getting too much onto a lot of people right now, and event and people are now becoming aware of the mental health, and they want to talk about it because. Right now, if you look at a lot of media, they're saying, speak it out. Don't hold it back. You know? So now people are seeking help. They're seeking advice. You're looking for advice. You're looking for help. So we coming in now probably is just the right time for that. I mean, that sounds like a lot of you, you guys have just been really fortunate. I, I want to say luck, but luck's the wrong word. Although I, I, I did have a wonderful interview with someone who was talking about luck. And, and luck being time, place, things. Is it really luck or is it something else? Yeah, I mean, luck is just where opportunity meets preparation, literally. So uh, you make your own luck, in essence. But there has to be an element of luck and just um, the universe doing its thing for things to work out, I think. You know, if, if you build something great, luck always plays a role. As, as SecureMyScholarship.com is progressing, you find yourself looking at the next thing. It's like this, it's not, and unlike lock and stock where you, you decided, okay, we're going to put this on ice. That is not the case with securemyscholarship.com. But do you find yourself a little wanderlust saying, okay, what's the next? I, I want that thrill of, can we, can we do it again? Can we do a three, a third time lucky? Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's, it's crazy because, um, so I have a lot of ideas and I want to do this and I want to do that and I want to do this. And I've actually had to like temper like this ideation side of me, because otherwise it's, can we do this? Can we do that? Can we do this? Can we do that? Um, and then what happens is then you're thinking about other things, you're doing other things, and you defocus off of the critical mission. So yes, the, the, the desire is there. I think we are entrepreneurs at heart. So the desire is there to get the ball rolling and see what you can do. But at the same time, you know, as I said earlier, it's, you know, we, I think we've only achieved, you know, 1% of what we can achieve with Secure My Scholarship. And that's incredibly intoxicating in and of itself. It's just, okay, if we focus on this, how big can we build this bad boy? And then we take it. Sounds incredible. Yeah. Sounds incredible. This has been a lot of fun, guys. <laughs> I mean, now, I mean, now, now we, we got to do another podcast. We got to do part three. Because now that I know all the board meetings happen in the cafe, <laughs> we've got to do a podcast in the cafe. Absolutely. We've got to make this a trifecta. When we, we literally go and sit and talk wellness and, and what you guys have been going through, because I, I really think a piece in, in talking to you and, and just the energy in this room, a big piece of your success comes from being able to ground, comes from being able to cancel out the other noise and just hear your internal noise and your internal sound. And I, I, it, someone's going to be going, what is going on here? But I honestly believe that is a piece of your success. I think, I think the most, the most important thing just in our journey in the last seven years was you know, self-belief and willpower. I think just those two things right there, just believing that you can do it with no experience, no background, no this, no that believing that you can do it and then having the willpower to just keep plowing through despite so many, you know, so many times being knocked down, always finding a way to get back up 
and keep moving forward yeah it's like uh, that mindset again you know which has the mindset which is, is it's that voice in the ear which tells you i will not give up i will not fall back i'm here to grow i'm here to be growing i'm here to be exploring i'm here to be expanding and i think that's what we keep moving forward because once we have that i'm here to be exploring i'm here to be expanding i'm here to be growing now takes us to the next level in sms and i think the third podcast is going to be even more bigger when we do that because i think you'll see something different that's happening up there no oh, wonderful <laughs> i, w- I want to thank you both for coming in and joining me thanks for having us yeah absolutely thanks for having us james in fernandez craig fernandez sms secure my scholarship.com part 3 coming soon <laughs>